Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one book at a time. I did it. I did it the right way. What's the problem? Okay. Discworld series. I did it. What's the problem? Do it serious. No, not gonna. This month, we're discussing book 12, mm-hmm. which is abroad. Yeah, I love this book. You love this book. I love this book so much. This is yes. one of my favorite ones. Well, tell us what happens in it, and then we can get into the meat of it. It's perfect it's in not, every way. It is not perfect. It is the most perfect way. book to ever written. It absolutely is not. It, it's not, but nope. it is very, very good. It's definitely better than several others we've read so far. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happens. The three witches, Granny, Nanny, and Magrat, leave the Ramtops and travel to foreign parts to stop a princess from marrying a prince. Yeah, I guess that's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. That's the plot. Yeah, I guess we're in the habit of boiling it down to one or two sentences. But... Yeah, the thing is, if people want, like, people can read the Wikipedia. Yeah, either, either read the book or, you know, whatever. Yeah, they don't want to listen to us just talk about things that I mean they do happen they do want to listen to us or they wouldn't be they don't want to listen to us and yet they are yes I curse them (laughs) all right (laughs) using headology or actual magic actual magic all right so this as you have stated before Mm -hmm. is one of just your unqualified favorite books I love this book very much okay let's talk about why so it is one of Terry Pratchett's story about stories Uh which is my favorite Mm-hmm. It's about fairy tales, and I love fairy tales, and I love the meat of fairy tales and the reasoning behind fairy tales and the fact that we as humans tell the same stories over and over and over again. To, like, It doesn't matter what culture you're in. It doesn't matter anything. There are these same themes that come up over and over and mm-hmm. over again, and the inevitability of them and they're so good it feels like they're in the bones of humanity and it's my favorite thing and that's what this is about now here's an interesting thing there is all fairy tales through this which is what it is it occurred to me as i was as i was composing Mm -hmm. um my bad thing actually that a lot of and i like that stuff too yeah but a lot of what we're talking about is kind of the same as what was in moving pictures only only good because it's fairy tales it's okay Mm -hmm. you understand what i mean like what makes this different i think it's because we're in a fantasy setting okay and it's talking about fantasy stuff that's that's definitely part of it for me um and because the ideas are so ingrained in humanity it is not a surprise that they're like if I have stories like this when I was growing up and someone in Australia has stories like mm-hmm. this when they were growing up. Like it make kind of makes sense that in the disc they would also have them. Right. Like it's part of being human. Okay. Um, I could see that. Whereas like film mm-hmm. isn't part of being human. It's just a thing. Yeah. But there was a whole sequence in this and I liked it. Yeah. But there was a whole sequence in this where they recreate a chunk of the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was funny. Why is that different? I'm just I'm trying to figure it out. I don't necessarily know the answer. I'm trying together to figure that out. Well, one, it was successfully funny. Yeah. It wasn't just like want want jokes. Well, it helped that it was a thing that happened to a witch that was happening to a witch. A house dropped on Nanny Og. And it was happening to characters that I gave one tenth of a damn about instead of just some randos Mm, who weren't very interesting. mm, I don't think that was the problem with moving pictures. That was a problem with moving pictures, but 
the part about movies Mm -hmm. like all the movie jokes were a whole separate issue to me and this also keeps going it didn't keep like hitting you in the ribs saying that's you see this do you see this i don't know there was like hey this this uh this road is sure made of yellow bricks they said that like two or three times yeah but then we moved on well that's true we followed the yellow brick. we followed the yellow brick road Mm -hmm. and we weren't like we were talking about fairy tales and, and that sort of thing, but we were moving from one fairy tale to another. Yeah. Whereas moving pictures kind of got mired in the same couple of movies for a right. long time. And also the point wasn't fairy tales are bad. It's someone specific mm-hmm. is co-opting fairy tales yep. to make them bad. Not even that they themselves are bad. No, the the message here is that stories are powerful. Yes. Which was basically the message of Weird Sisters. And mm-hmm. this builds on that yeah. in a different way. And stories aren't portrayed as good or bad. And this book had a lot to say about morality, like what is good, Mm -hmm. what is bad, and how a lot of it, that's very muddy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that was uh, another theme in this that I really enjoy that's a Terry Pratchett theme. No, and, and all that was very good. And Granny... It's basically what we already have of her. It is interesting to me that she's familiar with all these stories that felt a little out of character after Weird Sisters, after her not knowing what a play was and not really understanding what fiction was to suddenly shift to she's familiar with all the Mm -hmm. stories and she's one step ahead of most of them because she knows what's supposed to happen next. I wonder if it's the difference. Well, part of it is like just the character has changed a that, little bit because it was early days. And I'm fine with that. Uh, but part of it, I think, is she didn't really know what plays were because that's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, telling someone a thing that happened is very different than getting up and pretending that it's happening to you. Yeah, like, uh, presumably, she heard, you know, children's fairy tales. Well, I, I was about to say spoiler alert. If you're listening and you haven't read the book, well, then you're going to get spoiled anyway because yeah. we're talking about the book. Read, but Read the book or don't complain. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I bothered. Like th- this imaginary person who's complaining. Shut up, imaginary person yeah, that, that I, you just made up. That I just made up. What um, an asshole. But the, uh, I mean, I'm I'm constantly making up assholes. I very rarely make up uh, nice people. Nice people, no. In fact, you play <laughs> at least one of them. So. Um. But, it, I mean, all of this ends up being orchestrated by Granny's sister. Yes. And so I imagine the two of them grew up listening to the same stories. Presumably, yeah. And took very different things out of them. So there is that. Mm-hmm. And I like all of that. I like all of the... Um, uh, well, I mean, this is uh, really... Oh, no. I thought this was your good thing. You went with something different. Yes. I have my good thing, this book. Yes. My quote, let me read you this book. One of the things we had discussed about being your good thing was the idea that Granny had to be the good one. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, toward the end of the book, I'm just going to read it. You guys are, sorry, guys, you're going to- Oh, there's going to be a lot of reading from this Because I love this one. It's a book podcast, and we're going to read things. That's just understood at this point. It's episode 12. So Granny is confronting her sister Lilith, um, or Lily, as she calls her, mm-hmm. um, about how things shook out uh, with Granny ending up being the good witch and uh, Lily ending up being the bad one. And she says, I'm going to give you the hiding our ma'am never gave you, Lily Weatherwax, not with magic, not with headology, not with a stick like our dad had, I and used a fair bit, as I recall, but with skin. And not because you was the bad one, not because you meddled with stories. Everyone has a path they've got to tread. 
but because, and I want you to understand this properly, after you went, I had to be the good one. You had all the fun, and there's no way I can make you pay for that, Lily, but I'm sure going, um, but I'm surely going to give it a try. Yep. Like, she, she took away her choice, and now Granny, who would be so good at being a bad witch, um, mm-hmm. can't be. Right. And she also, like she said, didn't really get to have fun. Like mm-hmm. this this sort of joyless woman who does go around helping people but doesn't seem to actually enjoy no. her life. Nanny helps people because she likes people and she yeah. likes to help. Right. Granny helps people because she feels like she doesn't have a choice. That's the job. Yeah. That's the job in front of you. But she doesn't enjoy doing it. She takes a professional pride. Yeah. Like she likes doing a good job, but she doesn't like helping people. Well, and and this is my good thing, Granny specifically, mm-hmm. just just Granny in general. Just like, Granny? Yes. One of the greatest fictional characters ever uh, written? I mean, I think so. Yeah. This is really the book where she completely arrives with all the good and the bad that that entails. Like the way she turns Blessing Bee upon this house into a threat. Oh, it's so good. Like, because she says, um, she, it lets them imagine what other things could be upon this house. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, uh, the the way, uh, you know, there's a whole, like, a good chunk of the book is them going through fake Europe. Mm-hmm. And they stop in fake Spain, and the running of the bulls happens, mm-hmm. and she just stops it on her own. Yep. Just makes it, just, just looks at the head bull. And like psychs it out mm-hmm. into not wanting to do it anymore, and the rest of them catch up and are like, "Oh, uh, I guess we're not running anymore." And then they, uh, in fantasy Spain, they then decide they're not going to do the thing with the bulls anymore, and they're going to have a flower festival instead because everyone's too embarrassed to talk about it. Yes, uh, and there's a point where she's a card shark, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a point near the end where she easily finds her way out of mirror jail. Mm-hmm. Just like all of those things, she's like a superhero. Except that she's also almost completely unlikable. Yes. And it's it's a hard line to walk, making a character who's completely infallible but also seems human, and a character who makes me cringe watching her interact with her friends, but I'm still fascinated and I want to spend more time following her. Like, I think Batman might be the only other character in fiction that man- manages to pull all of these things mm-hmm. off. Like, why do I want to watch Granny? She's just horrible. She is terrible. And there were some bits in this, and I still love her. Like, she's one of my favorite fictional characters. But the way she treats Nanny and Magrat, especially Magrat, who means well and is trying her best. And Nanny's her best friend. Yeah. And she constantly calls her names, and she's always undercutting her, and Mm -hmm. she has to be the best one. At everything, all the time. Yeah. And... It's just, it's it's got to be exhausting to be around her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why anyone, like, I understand why people accept her help because she's good at it. And they don't have a choice. Right. But why would the other two ever want to be around her? They talk about how people only come to Granny when they don't have a choice. Yeah. Especially if the other two can't help them. Yep. Like, normally, if you have a problem, you'd go to Nanny who yeah, would just help you and it wouldn't be a big deal. No, she's your mom. She's yeah. everybody's mom. Yeah. Like almost literally, literally to about half the kingdom, but figuratively to everyone Mm -hmm. else. She'll just like, you know, uh, a lot of the way she treats people is like, and I mean, treat people as in treat sick people Mm -hmm. is gives you just like a shot of whatever it is you like to drink the most and send you home. And if you're because if you're going to feel crummy. Yeah, you might as well enjoy it. And it's just it's it's weird that I still very much like this character because I usually hate characters that are like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is 
that makes her so fascinating because she's just kind of a dick. Well, being partnered with Nanny, I think, has a lot to do with it. Yeah, but I mean, we want, we had her in a book with yeah. just her and Esk, and that was still pretty mm-hmm. good. But she wasn't full on That's Granny at that too. point. That's true, too. Because when you see her juxtaposed to Nanny, you see all of Granny's flaws. Yeah. Because... You see that she's not happy. She'll never be happy. No. Uh, She doesn't enjoy much of anything, and no one likes her, and she's very lonely. Yeah. Um, Whereas Nanny is less powerful and maybe not as good of a witch, but she has a full happy life. Yeah, this whole story is a road trip, and she's... she. Kind of speak. I mean, you know, there's a running joke mm-hmm. about how she doesn't really speak anything, yeah. and it's this sort of mishmash of yeah. of every romance language, which is kind of funny. They don't. They, he doesn't overdo that bit. It could be overdone, but it's fine. It's not the funniest bit in the book. But no, honestly, what I laughed at was Nigel Planer's voice mm-hmm. for her doing it made mm-hmm. it funnier because anytime you try to speak, say, bad Spanish, and you don't even, it's like that Peggy Hill Spanish. Mm-hmm. Hablo espanol. Mm-hmm. Like, just that makes it funnier to me. Like, you're not even trying. And she's mixing, like, Spanish and French and a little German. And right. It's, 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 it's funny. Um, also, I know German's not a romance language, so shut up, nerds. Um, but, it like, Nanny's enjoying their vacation. Mm-hmm. Magrat's there and because she thinks she has to be because of the fairy godmother thing. But Nanny makes friends everywhere she goes. Yes. And she enjoys a drink. Mm-hmm. And she, en- like, there's a whole section where it talks mm-hmm. about old women like Nanny exist everywhere. Yes. And seek out other women just like them. And usually end up pairing up or tripling up and just they're in front of you in the line yes gossiping and, yep. about their family or whatever yep. and and it's just like oh yeah a lot of times some of the englishy english things i don't get but this like yeah yep. absolutely i get it the the thing about women smoking pipes that's i think an englishy english thing that just seems like and it's stupid that mm-hmm. this should be gendered at all but it feels very masculine to me growing up in america I want to smoke a pipe. I, mean, I feel like it'd be one affectation too many, even for me, though. I mean, now in 20 now teen, I know that gender is a social mm-hmm. construct. But when I was growing up, mm-hmm. my grandfather, my very straight laced, probably Republican fought in the war grandfather mm-hmm. smoked a pipe. That's the kind of guy like it's weird that a nice old lady would smoke a pipe. That's just it's odd. Englishy English. It's a very old lady thing to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird cultural mm-hmm things like that in these books that are like and you read a lot more than i do so mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah that's normal that's a fantasy yeah, thing or british authors yeah. just right and i'm just like oh all right well the the um the style of the first half of the book that the travelogue section yeah uh is sort of a very famous kind of old time book oh, uh, yeah. like uh arthur actually arthur matchin who more famously wrote horror, wrote a ton of these like Englishy English style travelogues of going from place to place. Oh yeah. And they're not really interesting as travelogues because they're from, you know, two hundred years ago or whatever. Yeah. But um the language is very vivid and it gives you a good sense of time and place and like they're they're kind of fun to read. And mm-hmm. it reminded me this this seems very much in that style. No, and I liked all that. It did feel like the book took a long time to get started, but it, it was interesting enough that it, it was okay. It felt like two different books. Yeah, but not in the way Reaper Man did. No, this Because felt... we were following the same characters going into the next book, at least. It, it felt like, yeah, two different books, but yeah, not interspersed with each other. Is yeah. one book followed by a second book, more and like, I liked both books. More like um, uh, The Light Fantastic after yeah. uh, Color of Magic. yeah. 
Uh, but better, way but better. I, I liked both of these books. Yeah. And I wasn't waiting for the first book to be over. No, no, no. It was fine. But I do feel like the end was rushed. Mm-hmm. I do feel like the final act, the big like showdown, like, like really, like I said, my good thing is like delivering all of Granny. Everything that is great about this character is now completely right. in place as of this book. And layering in why and specific mm-hmm. examples and showing us like a lot of show don't tell a mm-hmm. lot of instead of everyone being scared of her and talking about how outrageous she is she is <laughs> so repeatedly showing i mean i listed a bunch mm-hmm. of them and that wasn't all of them by any means nope she's constantly on top of everything because she knows how to handle people and after all that it's like great i get her mm-hmm. now what's her sister like oh she's gone already we definitely could have spent more time with with her sister, with Lily. But I don't necessarily think we should have been cutting away to her. We already did that mm-hmm. a little bit. What I think is the confrontation should have been longer or more meaningful. What you read was great. Mm-hmm. I wanted a little more of that, a little more of what it was like growing up, maybe a flashback mm-hmm. to their childhood in the middle of all that or something. Like, it It was gone in like 10 pages. Right. After all the buildup of like, okay, now we know who our hero is. Now she's going to fight our villain who I barely understand who she is. She's just the opposite and now she's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, there definitely could have been more there. And there was room for it. Because this was a shorter, this one was a little bit shorter. Yeah, we we do the audiobooks Mm -hmm. and they're usually between eight to 10 hours. Mm -hmm. And this one was uh, eight. So it was on the shorter side of, you know, it's still a novel. And I wasn't looking for fat to be added. But some more of the villain would have been good. Because I was actually, a lot of Terry Pratchett's villains, I kind of, eh, whatever. Um, But this is one that I I was interested in. If you've got someone who is a good foil for mm-hmm. Granny Weatherwax, which becomes more and more challenging as the mm-hmm. series goes on. Because how? When you make this infallible, mm-hmm. undefeatable person, how? And he manages several times. Usually the person she's fighting is herself. Yeah. This is but, this is kind of an example of that. Yeah. And if it like that's great. Yeah. It's her sister. That's perfect. So who is she? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I barely know. We just scratched the surface and I could have and honestly he writes a lot like that, and I am in a glass house all of my own for my writing because you, all of my writing you is... You mean third act is one page Oh, my run. God. Set the stage, set the stage. <laughs> Shit, it's time to go. I'm bored with this, and then there was a fight. Yeah, that's that's usually how my stuff goes, and I know part of it is, you know, <laughs> laziness, but part of it is modeled after Terry Pratchett, mm-hmm. one of my favorite writers. Most of his books play out like this, mm-hmm. which is... You spend most of the time getting there, and then the fight is almost incidental, and sometimes that's part of the story, and sometimes it just feels like there should be more. And it it feels like he's sort of bored with the idea of the final confrontation, but it's like, that's man, fine. man, you picked it. I'm I like... didn't, didn't want to fight necessarily. What we got was fine. Mm-hmm. What I wanted was just a little more meat on the bone of what are these two really about? What is their history? What We know all the ways Granny mm-hmm. is now. What... In what way is Lilith like that or not like that? You know what I mean? Compare and contrast. And we never really come back to this idea. Like, we explore more of Granny's backstory as we go. But we never really come back to Lilith and how... And I don't know that that we necessarily need to. It's just this is the only opportunity to learn about her. But as far as Granny goes, I know everything I need to know Mm -hmm. from this story. And there's another layer of backstory added in the next book, which is book, which is also good. We get, like sort of different turning points in her past of Mm -hmm. like how things could have gone differently. And I like that. I like that about any good protagonist. Like, okay, where were the big choices in their life? Right. What did they do? What didn't they do? What could have they done differently? And like in this case, she's, you know, 
she's who she is because of those things. And the the very end sequence, um, one of the things Lily does is mirror magic. Yeah. And that is um, sort of taboo among witches because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get end up getting trapped in a, mor- a mirror world. And the idea is that you have to figure out which is the real you. Mm-hmm. And Lily is completely stymied by the idea. She has no idea. Yeah. But Granny knows immediately yep the real me is me and that was such a good setup because it was yeah it was a huge moment and it was completely earned because mm-hmm. as a reader even if this is your first witch's book you know by the end oh well she's just gonna walk right out and she we see this and it doesn't feel like setup payoff but it is setup payoff yeah. where we find out that she knows who she is and she's always her and she's always very much in herself yeah. there's a sequence where she, they talk about her waking up and how most people have a moment of grogginess when they wake up uh-huh. and they wonder, am I still my me? Yeah, it's that existential reboot of yeah. like, where am I and yeah, all and that. She and she doesn't. Nope, she just snaps right mm-hmm. into, which is probably like, it, we it don't really- It feels connected to borrowing. I was about to say yeah. that, yeah. And the borrowing doesn't really come up in this one. Yeah. But it it definitely- It's a major part of her character. Yeah, and her being able to bring her consciousness back, it has to be strong enough. Mm-hmm. It comes into this a little bit because she. Um, well, she can kind of read. She minds. goes into the mind of the wolf. Yeah, that's and true. And she. Uh, but it's more has of a, the sense of the crowds. And it's more of a Vulcan ants. mind meld than yeah. it is a, an actual borrowing. She doesn't like take the body, you know, share the body of of a thing. No, but it it is all sort of connected. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, I um and and you know she's great. She is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some problems with some other stuff. Well, let's talk about my bad thing. Okay. Um, nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's a perfect book. Yes, it's perfect. the greatest book ever written. No, uh-huh. it's, it is not a perfect book. It is a very good book. But um, I remembered not liking Magrat very much. Yeah. And we were talking about this, and you're and you were saying, hey, listen, you know, I know you said you didn't like Magrat very much, and I think it might be mostly in this book. Yeah, because you've read this book more than probably this, any of the others. This one I have definitely read the most number of times. And I'm like, well, wh- why? I mean, she's great in, well, she's pretty good in Weird Sisters. I, she's a I good part of the her. triumvirate. I liked her in Weird Sisters. And she's got some of her best moments in the next witch book. Mm-hmm. And there's some other things further than that. So like, I'm like, what is your problem with her? She, yeah, she's kind of lame sometimes, yeah. but and it's this book. It's this book. Yeah. She is pretty unlikable in this book. She's seriously depowered. Yeah, in Weird Sisters, she always like when Granny was being a dick to her, which is all the time. Yeah, she always got some of her own back yes. because Magrat knows things that Granny doesn't. No, Magrat- and that's a true trio of characters they all have to bring something there can't just be one in charge and the two others just following along all the time because magrat knows about culture and she knows about plays and literature and herbs and like she she knows a lot of things if there's a if there's a scientific side that's Mm -hmm. not exactly what i mean but to to witchcraft research witch yes she she understands what herbs work with other herbs and how they work and and that kind of thing and like Instead of just giving them some blue liquid and saying you're healed, and she knows more about the outside world yeah. than either of the other two do. Well, yeah, she she's reads well read, and because um, the witch whose cottage she took over was a well traveled, so she heard yeah. from her as well. Yes, so she is way less insular mm-hmm. than the other two. Yeah, but that doesn't that should come up in this book where oh, they're yeah, traveling. Where, yes. And it really doesn't. No, like, Nanny's should, the one yeah. who knows because her kids have traveled and yeah. told her about it. And Magrat's just, 
and it feels almost like a straw man kind of thing. Yep, she's a straw witch. Where she's just there mm-hmm. to be beat up on. And like I get she's got a head full of, of goofy ideas yeah. about being a fairy godmother. That's fine. But taking away her agency... Am I using that correctly? Yes. I'm never quite sure what yes, that means. Yes, that is correct. You okay. Did, you did it. Okay, good. I give you a star. Yes. How many stars equals whatever the next thing is? Um, How many stars equals not a garbage? Yes. Like, you need a sack full. Oh, man. Keep working. And I got one? Yeah. Oh, man. Keep at it. I'm never going to get agency at this rate. Nope. And now I just lost my star. Yeah, you lost it. I took it away. <laughs> no, but she felt like she couldn't do anything, and she was basically there so that Granny could beat up on her, yeah. and Nanny could feel sorry for her. And there were passages of the narrative, which is supposed to be—I mean, it's never—it never is, but it's supposed to be objective, where it basically says Magrat sucked. <laughs> and it, come on, come man! Come on, don't be mean to her. If you're having a character say that about another character, that's great. But if you, the narrator, the omniscient narrator, are saying that, that means she objectively sucks. That's not cool. And it kind of felt like she did objectively yeah. suck in this. She didn't she really contribute a, anything to the story. She had a couple of moments. Mostly but... those moments were her failing. Yeah. Or accidentally winning in yeah. the case of defeating the uh, the bat, the vampire. Yeah. Which really was uh, Grebo's Grebo win anyway. Did it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it, I get... If this is the one you read the most and the one that's freshest in your memory, yeah. why you don't like this character? Because, boy, she sucked in yeah, this. Why is she in this? Yeah. Well, because there has to be three. Yeah, there does have to be three of them. And this is the first time that that very good joke, mm-hmm. the maiden, the mother, and the other one. The other comes one. Comes up. Yeah. Which is quite good. I like that. Um, My bad thing. Yes. Uh, there's there's a, nothing. Eh, it's a small thing. It, it lasted like a page. Like... Uh, we listened to this in the car mm-hmm. on the way somewhere, and by, it lasted the duration of going over a bridge. We so listened that's very to this short. like over no time at all because I kept pestering you to put it back on. Yeah. No, I mean we're you know Again. also also you're still injured. Again. And yeah, that everyone should send money because I'm still hurt. It's uh, not going to help. Also, by the time you hear this, it's going to be like 2020 or something. No, no. Um. But there is sort of a throwback to moving pictures thing. It, not not in the sense of the fairy tales, because mm-hmm. we just, just we talked about that and that was fine. Uh, where the witches talk about, and at first it's kind of cute, and then it just goes on and on and on. It goes on for a hundred years. It only goes on for like a couple pages. It's way too for much. a bridge. Yeah, for the five twenty bridge is how long it was. A hundred thousand years. But they talk about how. Flying on a broomstick is difficult, but if you flew on a big broomstick mm-hmm. and then charged people money and mm-hmm. then served meals and okay, you're just inventing airlines. Okay, you're doing it. Things from our world are in your world. Move it again. Like, move it along. Like, come on, man, we're out of that period. Mm-hmm. Finally, like soul music is going to backtrack a little, but yep. for the most part, we're out of that. Why would you? Why don't? Just don't. Stop it. These characters, it th- th- doesn't work like that. There were also some good, like. He's definitely taken some cheap swipes at, we talked about this, mm-hmm. office work and mm-hmm. corporate things and all that. But there were a lot of swipes at Disney Yes, in this that I actually thought were pretty good because Disney lives in the world he's set his tent up yes. in. And so it's like, hey, quit messing with fairy tales. That's our thing. Well, he they said in L Space that he came up with the idea for the setting here when he was driving from Disney. Yeah, from to, Orlando to New Orleans. Yeah. And so we have Genua, which is sort of like uh, Discworld New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And 
a like Genua is happening in a like is the country, and then the center of the country is the city, and the city is like Disney. Yeah, world. like the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, which is um, uh, completely clean to the to ridiculous. Yeah, and everyone has to be jolly, or mm-hmm. they'll be shot. Like, there's a bunch yep. of sci-fi and fantasy stories like that where the people in charge like make you be happy all you the time. You have to be narratively correct yes like the innkeeper has to be fat and jolly and the toy maker has to um tell stories to children right and the the toy maker says well i i don't like children i know how to and i don't know stories i know yeah. how to make toys and they're like well can you tell the children stories i can tell them how to make toys yeah i'm good at that yeah i'm pretty good so he gets imprisoned yeah there's um a really great line, uh, a really great sequence when um, Granny is watching how things are run in the city. And she says, there were countries in foreign parts, Granny had heard, where they chopped off the hands of thieves so they wouldn't steal again. And she'd never been happy with that idea. They didn't do that in Genua. They cut their heads off so they wouldn't think of stealing again. Granny knew exactly where the witches were in Genua now. They were in charge. Yep. That is a very witch thing. Is like the thoughts are more important than mm-hmm. anything else. Headology. Yes, that was very good. And and you know, Lily uses headology mm-hmm. as well, but in a very different way. And and I like all of that. No, I I very much enjoyed this book, but I feel like uh, the Magrat thing was the biggest part. The Magrat thing was a major issue. I was actually a little worried because we talk about voodoo and we talk about the culture oh, yeah. of new orleans and all of that and i was worried that it was going to be a little problematic a little bit and I, I, again we are not qualified to be saying whether no, something but is we or can, isn't we can sometimes at least look at a thing and say whoa nope oh no stop that please yeah. i i again i i don't feel qualified to say this but it didn't feel too bad it didn't feel yeah. like gross or weird yeah. um we meet uh mrs goggle Mm-hmm. who is a sort of voodoo nanny og. Yeah, and she's rad. Yeah. Um she is uh she is a cook and she is a uh, a voodoo lady and she is trying to get vengeance on Lily mm-hmm. uh for killing the old ruler of the city who it turned out was her extra boyfriend. And also now her zombie servant yes. or zombie friend. Zombie friend. He wanted to stick around to also get vengeance uh-huh. um, and put their daughter, uh, Embers, mm-hmm. on em- the Emberella. throne. Emberella. Emberella. Get it? No. Okay. That's all right. On the throne. And she was she was great. And she yeah. was powerful and interesting and a, like a good character. And I really yeah. enjoyed her. And But I was worried. I was like, oh, it's been a minute since I read this book. Is it terrible? I, I didn't pick up on that. A lot of times doing the audiobooks, it's like, okay- is Nigel Planer doing a bad like, and he does good accents, but like, he is does. he doing an offensive accent? Yeah. And he didn't. But it, it, you, we there's, do that thing where we're like, oh, is it bad? There's a book coming, I and mean, it's quite some time mm-hmm. now. Jingo, where that takes place in a Middle Eastern mm-hmm. country, and there's some accents, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh oh, and mm-hmm. there's some talk of, you know, my sister's camel and uh, so forth, and it's, it's not terrible, but the voices don't help. Is my yeah, point. it's not great. Um. The quote that I picked yes. uh, has to do with uh, Magrat, actually, mm-hmm. with, with talking about witchcraft. And it's it's considerably long, just because rather than trying to pick, you know, a bunch of little ones, I figured I'd, I'd pick a big one. And it's it's actually not quite as It's like two pages, but it's less than that because it's dialogue, so there's a lot of space between. But uh, bear with me here. 
It seems to me, Magrat tried again, that the only magic we do is all, well, headology. Not what anyone else would call magic. It's just glaring at people and tricking them, taking advantage of their gullibility. It wasn't what I expected when I set out to become a witch. And who says, Granny, we said Granny Weatherwax, slowly and deliberately, that you've become a witch now? My word, the wind is getting up. Perhaps we should, said Nanny Og. What did you say, said Magrat? Nanny Og put her hand over her eyes. Asking someone to repeat a phrase you'd not only heard very clearly, but were also exceedingly angry about was around DEFCON 2 in the lexicon of Squabble. I should have thought my voice was clear enough, said Granny. I'm very amazed my voice wasn't clear enough. It sounded clear enough to me. Looks a bit gusty. Why don't we... Well, I should think I can be smug and bad-tempered and ill-considerate enough to be a witch, said Magrat. That's all that's required, isn't it? Ill-considerate? Me? You like people who need help, because when they need help, they're weak, and helping them makes you feel strong. What harm would a bit of magic do? Because it'd never stop at a bit, you stupid girl. Magrat backed off, her face flushed. She reached into her bag and pulled out a slim volume, which she flourished like a weapon. Stupid I may be, she panted, but at least I'm trying to learn things. Do you know the kind of things people can use magic for? Not just illusion and bullying. There's people in this book that can, that can walk on hot coals and stick their hands in a fire and not get hurt. Cheap trickery, said Granny. They really can. Impossible. No one can do that. Oh, it's such a good sequence, and it's another good setup payoff. I, that's why I included the last yeah. bit. I, sh I was going to stop it. It would never stop it a bit, mm -hmm. you stupid girl. But the thing is, later Granny sticks her hand in a fire like it's nothing. Yep. Like, she says it's impossible, and then she does it anyway. So. It's impossible for other people. Yes, of course. No, she never means herself. No, nothing's impossible for her. Yeah. And the thing is, that's a sliver of what Magrat should have been. Magret. arguing the other side like being the voice of reason and saying you can't do things you can't just be mean to people all the time yeah you don't win by making everyone afraid of you and yes she does but she absolutely does but you don't though as a person well no no but there's a great and this comes mm -hmm. up a few times her philosophy of winning mm -hmm. is not killing someone it's leaving them alive so that they can be aware that they've been that beaten. they yes yes and so, yes, she will win every time. Spoiler for all the other books Granny Weatherwax appears in, she, she always, always wins. wins. That's just, she's Batman. Yep. She's Discworld Every Batman. single time. That's, that's the interesting thing. Like, you already know that after you've read this mm -hmm. book. The interesting thing isn't, is she going to win? It's how's she going yeah. to win? So, believe me, that's not a spoiler at all. No, she's fantastic. And this has that thing that we liked in the earlier, in some of the earlier mm -hmm. books and is now going to be mostly a thing moving forward pretty much all the incidental characters all the all like everyone we run into is interesting there's a lot of fun supporting characters we get the first real appearance of Casanunda the dwarf and he comes up quite a bit yeah i mean he was referenced in the yep. previous book but he's actually in this now and he's the world's second greatest lover yeah because he tries harder yep yep and he's got a stepladder and you know there's some dumb jokes yep. about being short and and all that but this is quite good and actually, the pune. Yes. Uh, do you have that handy? I do have the pune. Hold on, I'm just pulling. It Comes up. from a bit where they're at the ball, and uh, Nanny and Granny dressed up in their fancy mm -hmm. like ball gowns that they've stolen mm -hmm. and powdered wigs and yes. all that is and, like. I need to look on the internet and see There's if someone's drawn be this. There's some fan art of that because the word picture he painted was it's beautiful, so but I w I really want to see someone's yeah rendering of that, but. Casanunda the dwarf is is picking up on Nanny, mm -hmm. and uh, he says this. Oh, yes? How about a date? How old do you think I am, said Nanny. Casanunda considered. All right, then. How about a prune? Ah. Terrible. <laughs> ah. 
we both groaned. It was very good. Yeah, we were we were as we're assembling our show yeah. notes, sitting here thinking, well, what what's the pun we're gonna use? I I don't know. Wait, there was one we were listening yesterday where we both went, oh, Ugh. like that's the one, and I had yeah. to flip through and like, oh, here it is. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, first appearance of dwarf bread, which is a runner. Yep. Do you want to explain the concept of dwarf bread? So dwarf bread is a it's a joke from fantasy stuff, particularly Tolkien, Ugh. where you get like the field rations that'll keep you going forever. Mm-hmm. But the idea with dwarf bread is it's so horrible you won't eat it. So you look at it and you'd rather eat anything else and yeah. it keeps you going because it, there's it always makes you, dwarf bread. Yeah, it all it either makes you um resourceful enough to think of something else or it forces you to say you know what i can go a little bit longer yeah i'm not i'm not that hungry if my choices are hunger or this i'll I'll go with hunger i think yeah which is quite good uh we haven't talked about your good thing yet oh so my good thing happens in the first book which is where they're doing the travelogue thing going Mm -hmm. um through the uh the various fairy tales to get to the main city, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're pretty close to Genua because this thing was done by Lily, wasn't it? They're all almost all of them are done by Lily. Okay. The uh, there's a really good bit where uh, Granny is noticing all these stories are happening. Like mm-hmm. there's a Sleeping Beauty, and there's this and that, and then right. the witches have to undo all these stories on their way there, and her disgust that someone is practicing how to make these stories happen mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of death going drama yep um and it, it's a good maybe not an actual callback but mm-hmm. definitely feels like a callback to her in weird sisters mm-hmm. just like uh, her disgust with you know figuring out how plays work and hating it mm-hmm. so that's um my, so my good thing is we are uh going through coming to Genua mm-hmm. and um, she they, they run into a red riding hood uh, and they run into the grandmother and they're like oh no we got to stop this because otherwise this grandma's going to get eaten mm-hmm. and things are not going to turn out well mm-hmm. and they uh, that whole sequence is really red riding hoods one of my favorite ones it has it hits all the beats for me of like those visceral mm-hmm. uh, fairy tale ideas um, and Lily turns a wolf into half a human, mm-hmm. and but Gran- not like not like the werewolf not, not in the werewolf. previous book. No, this is a wolf thinking thoughts like a human mm-hmm. while still having to be a wolf. Mm-hmm. And Granny and Nanny are both just they're just disgusted. And mm-hmm. there's a really good package. Uh, package. Mm-hmm. There's a really good package that I'm going to send you. Talk about the wolf's package. The, now. the wolf's. Pa- well, I mean, you know, werewolf fucking's kind of one of my jams. So, uh-huh. uh don't know how we ended up together. I don't know. Werewolf. Um, she stared at the wolf, wondering what she could do for it. A normal wolf wouldn't enter a cottage, even if it could open the door. Wolves didn't come near humans at all, except if there were a lot of them, and it was at the end of a very hard winter. And they didn't do it because they were big and bad and wicked, but because they were wolves. This wolf was trying to be human. There was probably no cure. Yeah, and I like the bit where it talks about she'd seen the minds of hunters before mm-hmm. who were reasoning humans trying to think like animals. Mm-hmm. This was the opposite of that, and it was so much worse. Yep, it was a predator trying to think like a human. Yeah, which is very, very different and awful. And there there was a lot of very good specific descriptive mm-hmm. passages about all of that and just how just miserable it was. And the wolf asks uh, Granny to die. Yes. And... 
it goes and lays its head on the chopping block for the the yep. X-Men to oh, like the woodsman to cut yes. off his head. And it was it was just it was so good. And Terry yeah. Pratchett understands what makes these stories powerful. Yes. And this was just this whole sequence. But he also that. does that thing he always does, which is sort of pokes holes in it, or mm-hmm. in this case, sort of works within the limitations mm-hmm. of the story of the woodsman being too stupid to understand what's going on. Yep. And for the grandmother to be kind of dense, mm-hmm. like for everyone in the story to be willfully ignorant enough to allow it to happen. Like he, he's very good at having characters stand there and look at something you accept as given in fantasy and say, how would this work? This doesn't make any damn Why sense. Why are they doing this? And yeah. in this case, it's, our witch characters coming in and looking at these people and saying, why would you open the door? How would you mistake a wolf well, for, for your, your grandma? grandma? Yeah, like yeah. All, all of the things about that story that don't make logical sense are, and mm-hmm. all these characters just have to be dumb enough to make it happen. <laughs> and there's a bit where um, they send the grandma away because they don't want her yeah. to get eaten. And uh, Nanny and Granny are standing in the cottage and uh, Nanny says to Granny, I thought you were going to play the little old, uh, the little uh-huh. old grandmother. And Granny says, I don't know why you would have thought that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is very good. Oh, those two together are so good. Yeah, they are. And Magret should be as well. She's not. And in that sequence, Magret gets sent sent off to take care of the grandma and the little girl. Yeah. And that's that that's pretty the much the whole book. Yeah, yeah. That pretty much sums it up. There's a there's a glimmer. There's a mm-hmm. tiny glimmer of what she should have been. I hate to keep coming back to this, but it, it the more I think about it. It it is her portrayal in this book is the weakest part of yeah. the whole book. And it feels like what this should be is we ended Weird Sisters with her saying, oh, I'm probably going to marry the prince. Yeah. And in this one, there's one or two scenes where it briefly comes up. There's a bit where she's trying to talk Amberella out of, you right. don't have to marry anyone you don't want to marry. And it felt like, that, there you go. There's Magrat's yeah. arc right there. She doesn't want to go back home and marry Varence. Yeah. And spoilers, that's going to come up again in the next book. So like, it's, it's something, this should be her path from the end of that book dealing with that in her head yet whether she wants to or doesn't want yeah. to but she is caught up in this story as but, well but that line right there yeah. was like yeah there we go there's her arc right there is do i want to put aside being a witch and become a queen or is this more important to me what's like that that conflict mm-hmm. could have been where, where her arc came in and there was and there's uh, some good stuff about that later on but it never gets properly meatily handled well this is where it could have happened because this is the transition between like i say in the next book we're going to deal head on with that but right now if she's like if the reason she's off on an adventure and not marrying the prince or the king is because she's not sure she has like then okay that's fine i can accept that as a reader so deal with that talk about what's going on in her head right now magrat is witch enough to know that she is caught up in this story of uh you know young innocent girl falls in love with the prince who she didn't realize was a prince and right. then they get married right and and now she's seeing it again with embers uh emberella who doesn't want to marry the prince because the prince is a uh the prince is a frog right and not you know not in the traditional way a frog who's actually been turned into a person and think you know just like yeah, the wolf was just like the wolf was so it's monstrous yeah and stupid and yeah but it, yeah that that should have been her arc, mm-hmm. really. Like, right there, there is... It's not like he couldn't think of something. He did. It's a, it's in there just a little enough yep. 
to say, okay, well, here's some meat. Why? Why? Hmm. Okay. There's that, and there's the younger generation and the older generation. Oh yeah. Like well, that's a that's a type constant. Of, yeah, a different type of witchcraft and a different yeah. type of person. And we actually get some of that later on in the Tiffany books. Yeah. Where Tiffany is represents the younger generation. Uh, but that's in more of a positive light, yeah. Magrat, and I didn't. This didn't bother me. Yeah. I don't mind some of her things being negative. It's not that. It's she's kind of the the holistic medicine yeah. like herbalist, and a lot of that stuff is bullshit. Yep. And in this world, maybe it isn't, but it it's good to to kind of see him going after that a little bit and to say, okay, well, she thinks you know, like crystals will make you feel better, right. and they, and they probably because won't. she's a witch. The crystals probably will make you feel better, but because that's because hetology. of her belief, yeah, not exactly. because of... Uh... Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's an extra layer mm-hmm. on top of everything else to say, okay, you know some people like this in real life. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you might know someone like Granny or Nanny also, but in a, in a witch context, this is the closest mm-hmm. thing that your lay person living in the 21st century is going to run into that is kind of like a witch, except people who actually practice Wicca, but I mean just out in the world. Yeah. Like, not people you know personally, but people, like, who have stores and, you know, strangers. Right. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Grebo. Oh, yeah, Grebo. Speaking of uh, the interesting side characters. Uh, Speaking of animals yeah. pretending they're human. Uh, Grebo gets turned into a person mm-hmm. uh, for while well, they're trying to keep embers from marrying the uh And so they the can get prince. into the ball. Yeah. Uh, but it's different. <laughs> Nanny says it's different for cats. Because cats already think they're people well better than people. Yeah. Yeah. And he's all, you know, confidence and sexual swagger. Yep. And a lot of the women are actually falling for yep. it. And it could go to a really weird and gross mm-hmm. place. And it doesn't, it doesn't, thankfully. But it's, it's right on the line. He When he gets turned into a person, he doesn't have any clothes on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nanny goes, oh, and to think I used to tickle his tummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she also said something like, now I know why all the other, all the lady cats are howling. howling. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Whoa. laughs> and then Granny says to uh, to Magret, you can open your eyes now. He's got clothes on. Uh-huh. And then uh, Magret says, I wasn't closing my eyes. There's a good, yeah. there's a good moment yeah. where she's, yeah. Yeah. Where Granny's still being a dick, but Magret can hold her own. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, there, and there's some good material there. It's pretty funny. It's, it's funny. And it comes up later on because now that Grebo knows how to turn into a human, mm-hmm. he can do it if he wants to. Terry Pratchett loves the concept of a shape. Yep. Like he remembers the shape of being human and he can do it again. They talk about uh, morphogenic fields. Right. But I like, I like, I didn't realize until recently that his use of shape is something mm-hmm. I use a lot. When I'm writing a story, I say, well, I don't have the shape of it yet. Mm-hmm. And- other people look at me and like, is that a thing? Is that, what do you mean the shape of it? Like, I don't know, the shape of the it. The shape of it, yeah. And it's, I'm pretty sure I got it from him. Uh, what else? I think that's about all I had. Um, oh, we have um, Black Alice mentioned again. Ah, yes. Who is a very important figure yes. um, in the disc. Uh, she is probably, she's dead now because she got uh, thrown into an oven by some children. Yeah. Uh, but she is the quintessential fairy tale witch. Yeah, it seems like she's like what Lily wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So she's not always evil, but no. she, they all say toward the end she got a little. Yeah, she started to cackle. A little. Yep. A little questionable, but she was another witch who. 
played in stories and who used stories power. Mm-hmm. And Terry Pratchett talks about feeding stories. Stories mm-hmm. go where they're fed. And so Black Alice would have several stories going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until Granny, it sort of understood she was the most powerful witch around Mm -hmm. and now and as we go through the series people start saying well wow granny is more powerful even than black alice Mm -hmm. who was the the one see there was only about three sentences about her so i barely even thought about it but i mean i guess that makes more of an impression on you so it does and it comes up again like they talk about black alice um as a cautionary tale to other Mm -hmm. witches and what could happen to granny if she wasn't careful yeah but it just if i don't know to me it just feels like a throwaway reference and not really like anything but no, it's just it's a it's a feels like a major part of sort of Discworld lore uh, and the mythos. Okay. Uh, anything else? Um, That's not an answer. Uh, I don't know what that making is. Making that noise? Does that making that noise help? No. In fact, I'm listening to us through headphones, and it's terrible. <laughs> No, that's that's pretty much it. It's uh, it's just it's such a good book. Yeah, about it's quite good. Yeah, and about stories and humans and what makes humans human. Yeah, but also not entirely humans. Yeah, but mostly humans. Mostly humans. Yes, mostly apples. Mostly. Uh, so what grade did you give it? I gave it a minus A. What the fuck is a minus A? Almost perfect. Why? Why not an A minus? Minus A. What's the difference? You minus one A. So then it's a B? Nope, minus 1A. Explain how that's different than an A minus. It's just minus 1A. That doesn't... You, you take a half half an A and minus it from the yeah. A. Oh, you should not be a teacher. <laughs> so many reasons. Yeah. For so many reasons. I gave it a B plus. It was very good, but... Uh, there And I'm... Basically, I'm grading on a curve because I know there's some A's and some A pluses yeah. coming up. Like, this is a very good book, but it's not as good as he it's, can do. Not Terry Pratchett's best book, mm-hmm. um, but it is one of my all-time favorites. And as it happens, the very next book is also one of yeah. your all-time favorites. Yeah. Which is a standalone, which usually doesn't work for us. Like, once he gets mm-hmm. the, the the running series set up, those are the ones we like. Yeah. Okay, good. Granny, I know who that is. We don't have to spend a lot of time. Vimes, I know who that is. We don't have to, like, we're there. And- with this one, it's completely, it's just like pyramids mm-hmm. in the sense that it takes place in a different country. Yep. It doesn't really relate to any other thing. And all these people we've never met before and we'll never meet again. Yep. And yet. That one really works. It, it takes everything that should have worked about pyramids and actually makes it work. Yep. So we have that to look forward to next month. And for the first time ever, we will have a guest. Ooh. We wanted to get things up on their feet and, and you know, get the show sorted. But we do have some some good, great friends who are also very big Terry Pratchett yep. fans that we'd like to uh, bring on. And uh, our good friend, Matt. Matt is one of our oldest friends. Yes. Very, very funny guy. Um, mm-hmm. He and I co-host the Post-Atomic Horror podcast where we review all of Star Trek. This is done in the style of that. Yes. The Post-Atomic Horror style podcast, as yes. I've, been, I've heard these called. Because we invented uh, uh, consuming media and then talking about what you thought about yes. that media. It's revolutionary. Yes, it is. And and coming up with a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also co-write uh, Endeavor, which is a Star Trek fanfic uh, radio play series. It's so good, you guys. She says that as one of the three main characters. I do. So. I'm, I play one of the greatest fictional characters ever written. Greater than Granny Weatherwax? Yes. No. Yes. Definitely not. Yes. Definitely 
not. You should. I cannot hype Endeavor enough. I wish you would I can't find over, where enough is. I can't overhype I can't how get great the, it is. I can't get their expectations too high is what you're saying. I, you, you can. Anyway, Matt and I co-produced those two shows. We have also written a number of, of comedy sketches and everything over the years. We, we, we really enjoyed it. And we met, uh, like Amanda and I met through him. Like mm-hmm. Amanda knows him even longer than I do. So the issue of chemistry is a non-issue because yep. we all know Matt very well. Mm-hmm. So this will be very easy. Super best friends. Yes. And he loves Terry Pratchett. So look forward to that. Uh, uh, don't forget the cliche count. Uh, I wasn't. Also, I didn't say my grade. Oh, what's, oh wait, what's yes, you, I did. Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. Uh, the cliche count is, so there were no gingerlies, not even a one. That's so weird. Did not feel right to me. Mm-hmm. I searched two or three times just to be sure. Uh, no susurrations. Something that happens to other people, again, happened twice, mm-hmm. which I feel like is too, too many times. That's a lot of times. For a very specific phrase like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, quantum, only once. The big one in this one surreptitious with Man, seven everything was surreptitious yeah and it's not like there was a lot of sneaking around in no. this book no more than any of the other books nope. there was some there was a bit of comedy scampering yeah but nothing should have been seven times surreptitious Mm-mm. in 300 pages that Mm-mm. is a lot this of book short yeah for well no I mean, it's novel length eric was short yeah but it, it's a yeah. short novel that's true but yeah that's that's a bit much all right so that is all for this time This has been a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross Copyright 2019. For our full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.